Hey folks, Randy Newberg here. Welcome to Loopold's Hunt Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. Randy Newberg here with another episode of Leupold's Hunt Talk Radio. Well, I guess it could be afternoon, could be evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, I sure appreciate you listening to it. Uh, Today, we have a guest, uh, another medical professional, kind of following up on last year when I had uh, a foot doctor and an eye doctor uh, on the podcast. The responses were very, very good in that people thought the fact that these doctors hunted, they brought a lot of perspective to what we do and, and important stuff to, well, just our activities. So after that, last summer, uh, Dr. Weston Adkins, who is a doctor of audiology at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, writes this article uh And my name pops up in it. I'm like, who is this guy? So I reach out to him. Turns out he's a lifelong hunter, shooter. Uh, And he's a big advocate for proper hearing protection. Uh, Mostly, uh, I I would say, whatever you have, take care of it, kind of is is sort of his theory. well, at least in the articles I've read. But he's here and he's going to talk to us about the real facts behind hearing loss, about noise, decibels, some comparatives. He sent me a worksheet of of uh, how loud certain things are and how in the hunting space some of the things we do are not. Well, (laughs) we already know they're conducive, but he also has some numbers like 50% of people out at the range, even youth, do not wear hearing protection. And you'll hear me say a lot, don't be like Randy, because I'll end up telling my story about how my hearing got compromised due to shooting, big part of it, and why I don't want anyone to be like me. So uh, I think this will be a good one. Hope you get a lot out of it. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate Leupold for making this possible. Uh, go out to leupold.com, check out all their cool stuff. Uh, I mean, they just are such a great company for, for so much and for what we do. And check out their sunglasses. I've been wearing them oh, for a better part of a year now. Uh, really, really good uh, eyewear. Uh, ballistic rated uh, and great for fishing. Uh, which I was just doing yesterday. Nosler.com, <laughs> uh, another family-owned business. Um, you see in a lot of these, I, I'm so lucky to have these family-owned legacy companies like Leupold, like Nosler, to support what we do. Uh, and I'm just thankful for that. Uh, go to nodler.com, check out all their ammo. You probably already know about it. Uh, if you're looking for it on the shelves... Um, I guess we all know what's going on with ammo right now, but uh, get your order in. Uh, You can order online with them, uh, or you can get it at your retailer. Uh, Gohunt.com, if you uh, go there, um, we're doing some videos about the story of 
of go hunt and just how this whole map thing that they're doing right now you you probably have seen the the iphone mobile maps and now uh, we have droid mobile maps to go with the 3d maps and everything well kind of my relationship with them is they handle all the nuts and bolts and a whole lot of this stuff that's just you know daily work and and getting product that works as well as possible and and satisfies their priority of who their customer is and me and my crew we get all these advanced things that you know hey we're thinking of this or tell us what you would like to see on that so with their map side right now we're getting to play with stuff that it's probably going to be two to three months before it's out there but really really cool but the reason I, I mentioned maps is because if you do sign up for the Insider, you get the maps for free. So if you're already uh, in the map world uh, and you're thinking about being a Go Hunt subscriber, even if you want to, you can go do a seven-day trial, I think it is, out on their website. When you do sign up, use promo code Randy, and they'll give you a $50 gift card in their gear shop. But You'll, you'll get all the things for the, the Insider that we've always talked about, the draw odds, strategy articles, you know, unit analysis, filtering 2.0. But you'll also now get maps. And uh, I think you're going to be pretty darn impressed. Uh, the improvements they're making every day is is really good. So, uh, Mr. Ranch Packs, uh, another small family-held company. Uh, known Dana for... Gosh, I don't know how long I've known Dana. Him and Renee over there are are doing everything they can to produce the best possible packs and meet the crazy demand that's out there right now. Uh, but if you want to save 10% on your Mystery Ranch pack, here's an idea for you. You can go to Go Hunt's Gear Shop, and when you check out with any any item at regular price and use promo code Randy, I think there's one or two exceptions to the regular price stuff but uh to this discount i'm going to give you but you get 10 percent off when you use promo code randy so i know mystery ranch you get 10 percent off that that's not one of the excluded items it's it pretty much if it ends up in your cart and it's at regular price you're getting 10 percent off with the exception i think a sick gear is one that the promo code doesn't work for so go there, save yourself some money, get yourself a great pack. It's that time of year where we got to be getting with it, right? Uh, time to start breaking in our gear, uh, breaking in our bodies. <laughs> oh, I'm doing that. Oh, gosh. Uh, the story you guys will get to hear about me and my recovery and trying to get back in shape after my five or six months off due to COVID complications. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know that it's, it's only comical because of how pitiful it is. <laughs> but, and then last, uh, during the, the planning period, uh, which I think we're in right now, uh, my buddy Corey Jacobson, a lot of you may know, he's got the University of Elk Hunting course out at elk101.com. And uh, there's a ton of great information in there. He's just updated a whole bunch of modules this summer. Uh, we've got four modules that we're working on and going to have even more. Uh, that Ours are going to be mostly in the rifle category, uh, rifle elk hunting. Um, but... He's got a deal that if you use promo code Randy when you go out to the University of Elk Hunting at elk101.com, he'll give you 20% off. So anyhow, with all that out of the way, what do you say we get Weston to turn on his mic and we are going to get schooled at 
Well, I'm going to get schooled. A lot of you may already know this stuff, but I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. He and I have been emailing, and the schedules finally work because he's got family here in Montana. And uh, he's right here in Bozeman. We're going to have a face-to-face chat about all things related to hearing, shooting, protecting your hearing, what causes certain things and who knows what else maybe we'll fit a hunting story in there along the way but uh i don't know there's a lot to cover here and i really appreciate him being here so hang on folks weston's about ready to get on the phone with us or the the wire with us phone i don't think we need a phone call right across the room from each other here (laughs) i didn't have enough coffee this morning obviously anyhow appreciate y'all being here Well, folks, I told you that we were going to have a really cool guest today. Uh, Builds on the idea from last summer where I had Dr. Bill Wilshire, uh, my foot doctor. Uh, All of you seem to have got a lot out of that based on the comments. And then we had Dr. Tom Sather, uh, my eye doctor, uh, both of who are hunters. And in the course of all this, over the last year, me talking about my hearing loss, uh, I read this article that made mention of me and I reached out to the guy and it happens to be our guest today, uh, Dr. Weston Adkins, uh, Dr. Adkins, thanks for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. Call me Weston. Weston? Okay. Yeah. Well, I I never want to make any assumptions there. You, you, you should see him. If you saw him right now, dress, how he's dressed, we just went and had breakfast. He fit right in at the Western Cafe here in Bozeman, man. He's Well, not in tourist season, you don't. You look like a local. Oh, that's good. Like I could be here in winter. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Is that, I mean, you were telling me you got Montana connections. Your mom's from Butte. That's right. Yeah. So I grew up in South Dakota. Um, but yeah, my mom, mom's side of the family's from Butte. She was born and raised. So. Okay. Butte America, they Butte call it. Butte America. Yep, yeah. With Our Lady of the Rockies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, Weston writes this article out on Rockslide, uh, a forum owned by a friend of mine, Ryan Avery, uh, and I get to reading it, and he's made reference to how I complain that I'm deaf as a post. And, <laughs> and uh, so I emailed him last summer, and we emailed back and forth and been talking. And I told him how I thought this would be such a valuable topic for our audience. Because, I, as I told you in the email, Weston, I don't want people to be like Randy. Yeah, that's what I was kind of trying to get at without throwing you under the bus. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you did a great job with it. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll try to touch on most of those topics because I can say this from experience. Most people know that I grew up in a little logging town in northern Minnesota, hunting, shooting, I, we did everything. We, it was almost as if our daily activities were to see how bad our hearing could be by the age 50. <laughs> you did it. We did it. <laughs> uh, chainsaws, sawmills, shooting without hearing protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were probably the, the three big things of my upbringing. Yeah. Then I go off to college, and what did I do? I go to work in a sawmill. And of all things, after about... Three weeks of working on the green chain right there at the end of the head saw and stacking green lumber, which is so loud. 
I decide I want to take a job in the boiler room because I'm going back to college and I could sit in the boiler room and I could watch all the gauges and every 10 minutes have to go do this, go do that, and then come back and read a chapter. So it was good for, you know, this guy who wanted to finish college. What it wasn't good is you sit in a concrete room with fans and compressors and steam blowing through pipes. Yep. To the degree that my hearing after that was never... <laughs> I don't think all the shooting I ever did without hearing protection, that that was really bad. But the continuous noise of sitting there in a right. concrete room... Yeah. You're, you're just smiling like, you can knock all that out. <laughs> yeah. You have not thought that was going to be bad for you. Add insult to injury. Yeah. That's true. And obviously, you knew it was because you'd go home and your ears would ring. Right. For all, all the time. Yeah. I, my, my ears have been ringing my entire life ever since working mm-hmm. in that sawmill. And then the funny part is, I finish my accounting degree. I get a job offer. And when I give the sawmill my two weeks notice, here comes an OSHA trailer and tests all of us for our hearing loss. <laughs> On the way out. Yeah. Yep. It's like, why didn't you guys come two weeks once I started here instead of my last two weeks when I'm working here? And yep. so after that, everybody in the sawmill was outfitted with hearing protection. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah. So anyhow, don't don't be like Randy. Uh, but you, you grew up in South Dakota. I did. You're fully familiar with the hunting and shooting lifestyle. Yeah. I, you know, been hunting and fishing, more hunting than fishing, I suppose, but been doing that since I was a kid pretty much. So So you've seen probably in your professional career and probably even before that, the damage or the, the consequences, whatever term you want to put to it, of people shooting without. Yeah, I, I was really fortunate in that my dad was pretty safety-minded and pretty much always wore hearing protections, sometimes not in the field when we were hunting, mm-hmm. um, but pretty much always on the range. And then once I started getting an education about what uh, high levels of sound can do to your, your inner ear and the hair cells therein, um, I started wearing hearing protection in the field too. Yeah. So. so how do you become a doctor of audiology at the Mayo Clinic? That that's I'm sure they don't just go and say, hey, you look like you'd be a good... <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a lot of training and... Yeah, kind of a stepwise progression for sure. So I did undergrad in Moorhead, Minnesota at uh, Minnesota State University, Moorhead up there. And for graduate school, I went down to the University of Iowa. Okay. Um, And then we do a a fellowship year, training year, um, doing clinical rotations and all that. And I was fortunate enough to um, do that at the Mayo Clinic and... They were, I fooled them into hiring me on afterwards. So. <laughs> so I've been at that for, I've been there for five years total, including that year. So Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that's why you are such the perfect fit, Weston, for what we want to talk about today. Because you hunt, you shoot, and you probably in your practice see the entire range of hearing compromise impairment right. that we could never even imagine. Right. I, I can't even, <laughs> it's hard to even try to dream up what sort of cases come through. Your yeah. Practice. And there's a, there's a whole spectrum of hearing, you know, from, from normal hearing to, you know, profound hearing loss where you can't hear at all. And then there's, you know, degrees therein, And so 
Yeah, we see people all across the board who have, you know, just a little bit of high frequency hearing loss to all the way down to the really no measurable hearing. And so, yeah. and I see a little bit more of that because I primarily work in the cochlear implant program at Mayo. And so I do that about 70% of my time. And then I do hearing tests 30% of my time. Okay. So are we going to get into cochlear implant? If you want to. All right, because my Uncle Mike, people who saw my Uncle Mike. What's that thing he's got? Yeah, they, they're probably like, what's yeah, what's that behind his ear? Yeah. Not not like a hearing aid behind his ear, but further back even. That's right. It's, it looks like almost like a little port that plugs into his head. Yeah, it looks like that, but there's no um, connection through the skin. So okay. it, a cochlear implant is basically the next step beyond hearing aids. Yeah. So. Hearing aids are amplifiers. They just mm -hmm. take the sound and turn the volume up. Uh, not just. I mean, they do a lot more than that, but right. um, that's kind of at the core what their technology is. Um, whereas a cochlear implant um, skips the damage of your inner ear of sensory neural hearing loss, of inner ear hearing loss, and stimulates the nerve directly. So yeah. it's a pretty impressive technology in that it can, you know, give hearing back to people who have severe to profound hearing loss. And yeah. Um, really poor word recognition and give some of that hearing ability back. So, yeah. well, yeah. Uncle Mike was a great candidate <laughs> because uh, I, if anyone watched the New Mexico elk episode, uh, you know how much, what an amazing relationship I have with my Uncle Mike and all my uncles for that matter. But he, it was to the point where you'd have to stand a foot away from each other yeah. and yell. Right. And most of, I think most of it was lip reading. And finally, he ended up, uh, I think he went to the Mayo Clinic. Oh, interesting. And that's where he had the procedure done. Nice. And now, he I think he hears better than I do. <laughs> he might at some frequencies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and But when he unplugs it, you can't wake him up. He's sleeping in the tent there in New Mexico, and I was throwing <laughs> pine cones and sticks at his tent. Shake it. Yeah, finally, yeah. that's how I got him up. I walk over there and I just shake his tent. Really. <laughs> and uh, so I got him up. It uh, the the richness that has added back to his life with his mm. grandkids and everything yep. is. I, I don't know if those of you who do that kind of work get to see the value, the, the, just the quality of life and the mm -hmm. fulfillment of the work you do. Yeah. That comes back to people where that succeeds. That is one of my favorite things because that's what I get to do. Um, as a cochlear implant audiologist, I help, you know, select people for a cochlear implant to determine if you'd be a good candidate and, um, program their devices and watch them all the way through and watch them improve and, it is phenomenal to see people who, you know, come into the office and like you're saying, it's, you know, really no functional hearing at all. They can't hear, they can't communicate. And I think the thing that's most notable to me is so many people come in and they'll say, it's just so lonely when I can't hear and communicate. I just stop going out to dinner. I stop going to restaurants. I stop hanging out with my family because I just can't hear and communicate. And to watch them be able to do some of that again is it is really rewarding. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, and Mike is such a great guy. He has so <laughs> much piss and vinegar, such a personality, <laughs> and to now see where he can be who Mike really is. Oh man, I he's got some of that back. Oh yeah, that's I, great. I, I just love the guy. You know, he he's he'll be a little bit of our case study as we talk about some of this because his hearing loss got way beyond what mine is. Mine mm -hmm. is to the point where. And we'll go into this when I tell the story of of 
any any women listening, I'm going to tell you this story later on, and it's an absolute fact that I wasn't ignoring my wife. Uh, but <laughs> Mike had it way worse than I did, and he said that he was in Vietnam uh, in the Navy. Him and his brother Elton, they both enlisted and went over, and they were in the hold of these ships, you know, in boiler rooms, in loading docks and the mm -hmm. stuff where back then nobody, you know, and they said unless you went into one of the firing positions, you pretty much didn't have hearing loss or if you were on the deck right. of an aircraft carrier or something. Yeah. But back in 1969, 70, 71, no one was paying that much attention to it. And yeah, they both said that when they came back from the Navy... They, their ears just rang all the time. Right. And then they made the great decision to become loggers in northern <laughs> Minnesota and run chainsaws for yeah, why not? another part of their life. So. Just keep it going. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm just throwing out some of those things of examples in my life and in my family so that people listening hopefully are getting some parallels to maybe things in their lives mm -hmm. or people they care about that they've noticed hearing loss because is is most hearing loss due to damage or is there some of it that's just you know arthritic <laughs> age age yeah there's certainly age-related hearing loss um and that can come on as you get older typically people start in their 60s showing some age-related hearing loss um, but that can definitely be compounded by any noise exposure over your lifetime and so that so noise exposure and aging both result in high frequency sensory neural or inner ear hearing loss. And so they're kind of tough to disentangle. You know, if people come in and, you know, they're 70 years old, have a history of hearing uh, or excuse me, of noise exposure and mm -hmm. they're getting older too. I mean, it could be probably a combination of both things too. So, okay. Yeah. So, and then hearing loss isn't just all hearing like i can hear certain things. that's right i think i can hear them pretty darn good right and then there's some like if we're out in the woods or out camping my wife will say oh, those crickets kept me up all night i'm like crickets what, what do you, i if what there's crickets? a cricket i i can't hear the noise or whatever frequency a cricket's at yeah to say that uh, yep you know so that's a, that's a good point. I mean, so hearing covers a range of pitches um, and it's from low frequency to high frequency. And like you're pointing out, both noise and aging impact the high pitches. And so people can have normal hearing at like the low and mid pitches and then have quite a bit of hearing loss at the high pitches. And so that can compromise your ability to hear some of those sounds like that or the clarity sounds of speech um, mm -hmm. and, you know. Females' voices are a little bit higher in pitch, and so those can be a little bit more difficult to hear with that type of hearing loss, too. Oh, so. absolutely. I especially uh, in, in what I do, I you know, I go to a lot of events, and yeah. you, I just want to spend as much time as I can with anybody who comes to one of those events. And a lot of times they're younger people, yep, and they have to think I am completely void of hearing because of, now I have to ask them, can you spell your name? Yeah. <laughs> because I want to make sure I get their name right. Right. And so if it's a young person, it's hard because their, their frequency is a higher pitch. Mm -hmm. And if it's a young girl, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I just look at the parents like, can you tell me what, what right. their name is? Uh, it's, uh, it's already to the point of where I have some of those frustrations. Right. Um, it, when I did my first hearing test, there was a doctor here in Bozeman, Dr. Bonson, audiologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a little side story to him, he, he'd been mauled by a grizzly bear. Oh, I mean, he, he and Mike Matheny, uh and this was before bear spray and Mike ended up starting a bear spray company as a result of the two of them having that. <laughs> well, my wife is saying, you're ignoring me all the time. And trust me, honey, if you're listening to this podcast, I know the consequences of ignoring you. I would never do that. It's not something you do voluntarily. <laughs> so I go in to see Dr. Bonson and they have these, kind of graphs you guys do these charts yeah, the charts stuff. audiogram yeah yeah and he has me sitting there raise my hand for which ear i'm hearing it out of mm-hmm. well i thought the machine broke because there was a while where i didn't raise my hand for anything yeah what are you doing back there you yeah. fall asleep back there? <laughs> are we done with the test and then all of a sudden <laughs> oh, oh wait i can hear that and so he shows me this chart and i'm going to over simplify here but it's like okay going along and then it drops down like immediately i mean not mm-hmm. gradual just like whoosh, Yep. And then nothing. And right. then it pops back up. So I have yep. like this window in my hearing yep. where it's not it's not completely gone, I don't think he said, but it's it, yep. I'm doing a lot Functionally of Functionally gone. Yeah. Yeah. And he laughs, he's he says, uh your wife ever say that you're ignoring her? <laughs> and I, then I started <laughs> laughing. He had you pegged. Yeah. And so he was kind enough. To uh, report to my wife uh, things not to do. Uh Don't be in the kitchen running the dishwasher Mm -hmm. and talk to this guy because he's not going to hear you. Yeah. Don't be driving down the road with tire noise or wind noise and look out the uh, the passenger side window and talk to him. Right. Because he's not going to hear you. Yep. So... I think you you doctors who are audiologists, you should be credited with saving more marriages <laughs> than any group of people in the medical profession. Yep. I always joke that uh, when people come in for hearing tests, it's like half my job is just settling bets between husbands and wives. <laughs> <laughs> is there really hearing loss there? Are you just really ignoring me? <laughs> uh, no, is it... Is it, it is it mostly male, female, or the hearing loss is mostly with the guy and less with the oh, it woman? Can, it, can, it can be it obviously can go both ways. Right. Yeah, but I mean the classic story is right. You know, he doesn't listen to me, and so yeah. yeah. So well, I, I, there's consequences of not listening. So any of you wives, take your husband down in in the classic sense. Mm-hmm. But if it's the other way around, do it also. You know, if it's the wife who is ignoring the husband, when you go to a doctor of audiology, and I'm not talking about going to the local, you know, hearing aid joint in the strip mall. I'm talking about going to a true doctor of audiology. Both of you should go to the appointment. It is helpful to have both people there because you can, you know, talk about kind of realistic expectations of what this person with hearing loss can and can't do. And um, you're exactly right. You mentioned a couple of things, you know, car noise and dishwasher noise It is very true that any sort of noise for people with hearing loss is just very detrimental. 
Um, and then the other thing you mentioned too is you know you know look at look at him when you when you're talking, and that's yeah. very true because when you miss out on um, the speech sounds, a lot of times we people with hearing loss will fill in the gaps with a little bit of lip reading. You know? yeah. People will say that oh I don't lip read or anything, but yeah, then you cover up your mouth. They're like, what you say? Yeah, yeah. so. I, with COVID yep. and all the masks, right. it became apparent to me how much lip reading I do. Yep. I, <laughs> I've heard that a lot. You know, it is true. So masks do just muffle the sound a little bit. But yeah, getting rid of that visual cue that we've had a lot of people come in and say, oh, I can't hear with the masks. Yeah. And so people are real, realizing how uh, many gaps they're filling in with uh, lip, lip reading cues. So, yeah. yeah. So if you come to see me at an event that has a lot of background noise, and this is why if I get invited to a dinner event, you know, say it's at a brew pub or something. Mm-hmm. I'm lip reading the whole time. Yep. That that noise is just I, I'm I'm done for. Yeah. Those are the most challenging listening environments for sure. I, yeah. I mean, I'm trying my hardest, but I'm mostly lip reading. Mm-hmm. And so I I apologize to all of you who've tried to talk to me and I I heard something differently than you said it. I wasn't trying to offend anybody. Yep. <laughs> Just make sure when you do your contracting and make sure it's written out so you can read it. So you you don't sign up or agree to something you don't want to. (laughs) Uh, So uh, in your practice, Mm -hmm. people are coming in. Uh, How much, if if you had to say a percentage that is hearing caused by exposure to things that cause hearing damage versus that which is genetic or age or, Mm -hmm. you know. That'd be tough to answer because, okay. you know, only, well, I just say only people who have hearing concerns generally come in. So, but right. um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a good split of both. And like I said, it's probably a combination of both of them as people get older, you know, you get the noise exposure and aging. And so those things uh, can mix and add up to some hearing loss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyone listening, you already know if your job or your employment creates exposure continuous exposure to hearing loss but weston has some really cool information out there about and i guess we'd have to get into what the decibels are that where it kind of starts creating damage but yeah you have these measurements of firearms Mm -hmm. I, i would say most of our audience the place where i think i can help is to say when you're out at the range or if you're out in the field and this again is when you're out in the field don't be like randy because i don't wear hearing protection while i'm in the hunt and there's no good reason other than that's how i've always done it yeah and the stupid stupidity of okay so i went and got some hearing aids one time Mm. and if the wind blew i couldn't hear anything Mm -hmm. hey it was worse than wearing a hearing aid yeah yeah i mean hearing aids you need a microphone to pick up the sound and you stick a microphone in the wind and you're going to get some wind noise so so i just threw them away yeah i mean expensive investment so uh but when people are out shooting yep before we turned on the mic you were showing me your charts yep and you said that what i wrote it down a hundred and so maybe you should go into you you made it very clear to me that there's impulse noises and continuous noise that's right and they have a different impact yep that's right so continuous noise thinking like 
you know, if you worked in a factory and you're just around like machines um, and impulse noises like firearms damage our hearing differently. And so um, they require different standards for safe listening, which, um, you know, OSHA's outlined. People are more familiar with kind of an 85 decibel cutoff. So if you get above that, people will start wearing hearing protection. Um, but you got to think about continuous noise as a dose. Um, so just because you get over 85 doesn't mean it immediately causes hearing loss. Um, like OSHA, for example, will say that you can be around 90 decibels of sound for eight hours. Um, and then if you go up a little bit louder, 95 decibels, that time is cut in half. So you can be around that for four hours and then two hours and then and so on. So you can see how your your time in a, an environment mm-hmm. um, is shortened based on the, the loudness. For guns, um, there's a limit of sound that our ear can take, and that's about 140 decibels. Um, anything beyond that is basically just pushing our ear harder than it can handle. Um, and and the shocking measurement is is a 22 LR is 140 decibels. So once you get past a 22 long rifle, mm-hmm. or even at that, at that, yeah, you are at the point where your ear can't deal with it. That's right. Yep. You're just overdriving your hearing system. So I think about, and I mentioned this to you earlier, it's continuous noise is overworking your ear and impulse noise is overdriving your ear beyond what it can handle basically. So yeah. And 140 decibels is, is the, the cutoff that OSHA will give you. And a 22 LR is right at that. And so anything above and beyond that, you know, you're 12 gauge shotguns, you know, 155, your 30 out six is, you know, 160 some or better. And so, and it just gets louder, like muzzle brakes, add 10 decibels to that measurement. And so basically it comes down to guns are too loud and you should really wear some hearing protection when you're shooting. So, and you were explaining to me that these decibel measurements aren't necessarily lineal. That's right. Yep. So there, if you go from 150 or 140 at a 22 long rifle yep. to 160 at your 243, mm-hmm. you might say, oh, that's just 20 decibels. Right. If the denominator is 140, okay, that's one seventh. All right. That's about a, you know, 14, 15% yeah. increase. It seems pretty nominal. Yeah. yeah, but that's not the case. That's not the case. So decibels are exponential. So every 3 dB increase is a doubling in the amount of sound. So going from, you know, your 140 to 143, double, and then keeps going One, beyond that. 146 so. then is four times Four louder. times and eight times. 149 and, is eight. 152 is 16. That'd be right. 155 is 32 times Correct. louder. Yep. So you can see well, how it's just exponential. By the time you're at 160, you're 80, 90 times louder. Correct. Holy cow. Yeah. And so you can see the toll. If you're if the limit is 140 and you're going, you know, 80, 90 times louder with your, you know, big center fire rifle, then... You can see the damage risk there. So a muzzle brake that adds 10 decibels. So 
the first three of those decibels doubles it. The next three mm-hmm. of those decibels yep. quadruples it. Yep. And then that next three that gets you not even yet to the 10 decibels. But eight, yeah. That's eight times louder yeah. with a muzzle brake than yep. without a muzzle brake. Yeah. No wonder when I go out to the range, the first thing I do is I look along all the shooting stations. And yep. if I see a muzzle brake, I go the other direction. Yep. Even with, uh, I put <laughs> foam in and I have the electronic. That's smart. Shooting, shooting muffs. Yeah. Uh, even with that, the muzzle brake still. It's loud. Yeah. Yeah. They're cannons. Yeah. My dad has a 300 wind mag with a, with a brake on it and. It's, we've gone to the range before and people will turn their heads after you shoot it once. And go, what kind of cannon are you shooting out there? I mean, it's just, it's just, it's loud. So shotguns, I mean, yep. same thing. They, mm-hmm. you know, a 12, if I get, if I have a 12 gauge and I'm out there and I'm, I mean, obviously there's a difference between if I'm shooting my three and a half inch goose loads versus if I'm shooting maybe my low base trap and skeet loads. Right. But it's still, what, in the high 150s? Yeah, I'm just looking at my list here, 155 to 160 pretty much, yep. So still way beyond what the... Mm -hmm. So when you say impulse hearing overdrives your or impulse noises overdrive your yep. ear. Is that like redlining your car? Yep. Is that a good? Yep. Well, redlining and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, way beyond. Like yep. you're driving at 9,000 RPMs. You have it in <laughs> super low one, four wheel drive low, and you're trying to go 80 miles an hour. Yep. That's exactly. Yep. I, you are just over, overdoing it. Yeah. Your, your engine and your transfer case is not going to last very Yeah. Long. Something's going to give way Yeah. <laughs> in your car and in your hearing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then continuous noise. So mm. you're sitting there and you're working in the factory and there's a machine over there just stamping out chung, 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 or just the yep. hum of the machines. Yeah. That just wears out and causes fatigue. Yeah. That's right. It uh, basically your ear can only process so much sound in a day before it, you know, runs out of steam basically and causes damage. And so it's it's a little bit different mechanism of damaging your hearing, but um, that's how it does it. Yeah. So it's like an overuse injury. You know? Okay. Yeah. Kind of like my knee. Yeah. When you go out to run a marathon, yeah, if your knee hurts afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been back able to start hiking again, and. Uh, I've realized that my knees aren't like they were when I was 30. Yeah. They've got too many miles with heavy packs on them in the mountains, but. Yeah. Well, it's a price you got to pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, is, that is true. And then along comes this discovery of a thing called llamas that the, the progression of my knee arthritis, if you want to call it that, the degeneration of my knees has slowed significantly since I started using llamas. Well, that's good. Yeah. You better keep using them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to work on that. Just like Uh, you should use some hearing protection in the field. Use your llamas in the field to save your knee. You should use some hearing protection to save your ears, Randy. You're going to get a chance to give that that sermon, Weston. Okay. And I'm going to follow (laughs) your advice. Okay. I'm, I, we're we're going to walk through that as a solution, but before we get there, why do why do I have this ringing in my ear all the time? What what's that represent? Yeah, um, what ringing in the ears is 
tinnitus tinnitus or tinnitus yeah people Mm. call it a lot of people are like oh how do you say it what's right um tomato tomato kind of thing you'll hear audiologists and professionals say tinnitus um or a lot of lay people will say tinnitus but either are correct but yeah it's just ringing or buzzing in the ears um and it's generally in response to some sort of insult to the ear and particularly you know if you've got a significant history of noise exposure and shooting Yep, that can cause ringing or buzzing in the ears. Sometimes that goes away. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So It never goes away. Yeah, I go to sleep at night with ringing in my ears. Mm-hmm. And if I drink too much caffeine, yep. it's, is that it's like, worse. because yeah. it's a stimulant? Does yeah. it cause that? Mm-hmm. Or am I just meant is this like a mental problem i have yeah no that's that's the thing that's caffeine true. yeah stress is the other big thing that really exacerbates tinnitus people get stressed out and it makes your ringing louder so, oh really yeah huh maybe that's it i don't think so i, no, I, I run pretty on late such a low stress level <laughs> but you know my my grandma she she was so great at given perspective about stressing about things mm-hmm. or stressing about what other people think or worry about. I've, I have a resting heart rate in the low forties. Well, there you so go. I, you know, for, for me to get in the fifties, I got to really load up with caffeine Yep. and I have such low blood pressure. If I stand up too quick, I get dizzy. And mm. so, yeah, I, I suspect this morning it's because when we went and had breakfast, I drank two or three cups of coffee. Yeah, they were they were uh, on it with the coffee. They kept kept us full. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I introduced West, uh, West into the Storm Castle Cafe here in Bozeman. Uh, you got to show up early. They have their own farm outside of town, and so you get farm eggs, farm bacon, mm-hmm. farm yeah, ham. You, it's, you talked up that bacon, and it was. Was it? Is, yeah, it was, was worth it. Okay. It. it was very okay. good. Excellent. Yeah. So if you come to Bozeman, there's really a couple breakfast joints. If you're a breakfast junkie like me, you go to the Storm Castle, which opens at 8 o'clock. Or if you're an early bird, you go to the Western Cafe because they open, I think they might even open at 6 o'clock. Uh, and then uh, there's the Over Easy and the Cat Eye, but they have such irregular hours. Mm-hmm. kind of. And now they're so overrun with tourists. It's yeah. like, why did someone have to do a special on the Western Cafe? Yeah. Why did the Western Cafe have to end up in the Wall Street Journal as a quirky thing? Now, everybody who comes to Bozeman wants to go to the Western Cafe, which is great for them. Yep. And they have these great cinnamon roll French toast breakfasts. Yeah. <laughs> but for those of us who were always regulars down there, it's like, where'd all you people come from, man? Yeah. For the last 30 <laughs> years, we've been able to come here. Yeah. Oh, now you need a reservation two months in advance. Yeah. And now Cal doesn't have his chair and John's booth <laughs> over there. Someone's sitting in it. It's like, oh, wow. But so too much caffeine. My ears are ringing right now. Is that curable? Or is that um, just get used to it, that's, Randy? That's a great question. Um, there is not a cure or direct treatment for tinnitus. Um, that is not to say that there aren't things that can be done to help or manage that. Mm-hmm. Um, about If you have aidable hearing loss, for example, about 70% of people report reduction in their tinnitus with hearing aid use. And really, it's just giving your ear something to listen to again, so it doesn't have to make up this phantom sound, I like to call it. And so... Sometimes people use like noise maskers, um, like at nighttime, use like soothing sounds, white noise, things like mm-hmm. that to basically just keep your ear busy. But yeah. Um, 
you know, if you don't, if your tinnitus is in both ears, it doesn't pulse with your heartbeat and you're able to largely ignore it, that's usually something that's not, that's benign, not worth, not, you know, cause for concern really, but, okay. um, but it can be annoying certainly. Right. So. Yeah. I, I, my wife always asks me, why do you sleep with a fan on mm -hmm. every night? I put it on super low setting, yep. even in the wintertime, yep. like, because I can fall asleep easier. Yeah. It gives your ear something to listen to. That's what it Take, is, huh? Takes your brain off of the, the tinnitus, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to owe you so much money, Weston. <laughs> I, the, I'm going to have to pack your elk out for you. Well, you just take me out Colorado. for breakfast at that cinnamon roll place. That sounds pretty good. Uh, all right. Next time you're in town, <laughs> we'll go there. All right. Um, sounds good. So shooting. Yep. Uh, that falls in the impo impulse noise category. It does, yeah. What? So... <laughs> You, you said it affects your hearing impairment differently. So if you're f exposed to gunshots, these big impulses mm -hmm. regularly without protection, what does it do to your ear? What is it killing the nerves? I, I mean, this is an accountant, so yep. you, you got to break this down pretty, <laughs> pretty fundamental. We'll break it down here. So in, in your hearing, you've, everybody's familiar with your ear canal and up to your eardrum. And then behind your eardrum, there's three little bones. They're called the malleus, the incus, and the stapes. And the stapes is actually the smallest bone in your body. So a nice little jeopardy fact for you there. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, the eardrum and those middle ear bones are just purpose to pick up the vibrations of sound and send that sound into your inner ear. Um, and your inner ear, it's the hearing part of it's called the cochlea. And it's shaped like a snail shell. So it's a spiral. And in there is a membrane with 16,000 little hair cells along it. And it's organized by pitch. So right at the entrance of the, the cochlea, it's the high pitches. And then as you go further in, you get lower and lower in pitch. Um, and so that's how you, you know, hear pitch. And the thing that's most susceptible to damage due to noise exposure is those hair cells. And so... <sighs> That's what gets damaged in noise exposure. Both impulse noise and um, continuous noise, it damages the same thing just differently. So it's just a different mechanism of, of damage. But yeah, those hair cells are the thing that are most susceptible due to damage due to noise. So, And so once and, they are damaged, mm -hmm. you're, you're done. There is a period where, you know, they can heal up to a degree, if you will. So people have probably noticed if you go out and shoot or you go to a concert or something like that, your ears will ring and be muffled and then that can come back. That's called a, a temporary hearing loss. And mm -hmm. so that can come back. Um, although it can come back to normal, you're still damaging your underlying, you know, function of your inner ear. So there is some damage being had there, but yeah, once they're, once they're gone, that's it. Yeah. There's no repairing that. And so by the time people come in and say, oh, I'm noticing changes with my hearing, you know, it's usually the damage is done, you know, unless it's, you know, been within just a few days of noise exposure kind it's of thing. It's not so, like the hair on your head, it grew now, back or when you shave four days later, you got all this stuff. That's right. They don't regenerate. Yeah. Huh. So. I want my money back, man. Yeah. I, I, want, I want hearing follicles or whatever hairs that regenerate. If back. you figure that out, let me know. We'll put a patent on it. <laughs> we'll be down on a beach in Mexico or something. <laughs> well, you've not listened to my podcast where I got thrown in jail in Mexico. So. Uh oh 
There's not not enough love or money to get me in Mexico. (laughs) Really? No, I've been, uh, I've spent a night in a Mexican jail and you don't trust me. (laughs) You're not going back? You, 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 You don't need to go experience that for yourself. Just go listen to the podcast with me and Jerry where we got thrown in jail in Mexico. <laughs> well, there are beaches mm. elsewhere we could go to. So. Okay. Yeah. Or we'll go fishing somewhere. We'll, we'll there own you go. the world's greatest fishing lodge if we invent that. Ooh, but, there you go. Um, so someone like me who's mm-hmm. had ex- both, I've had the exposure working in a sawmill of right. continuous noise. Yeah. And then the foolishness of being a youngster and nobody in our town. It was... If you wore hearing protection when you were out shooting, people are mm-hmm. like, that person's a city slicker. They're from south of Highway 2. <laughs> so you, you got to understand, little side story here, Garrison Keeler, always made fun of the, the rural folks in Minnesota, and he was absolutely dead-on accurate. My dad, to the day he died, would call him that blankety-blank Keeler. And if he would have shown up in Big Falls, Minnesota, my dad would have run him over. And my dad took offense to all this. So for my dad, there there was kind of like this boundary line that Highway 2 runs from Duluth to Grand Forks. If you're from south of Highway 2, you've got a street cred problem, man. <laughs> if you're north of Highway 2, you were one of his people. Yeah, you're in the club. Yeah. I mean, he grew up on the Iron Range just outside of Hibbing, a little town called Forbes. Uh, and so he never went South Highway to it. So if you came up and you came out to our gravel pit, which was our shooting range in town, and you were wearing hearing protection, mm-hmm. my dad instantly was suspicious of you. He'd walk over and start talking to you just to get a feel for what yep. you were up to. Yep. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to blame somebody for my problems. It was, I'm just saying, it was a cultural thing. It, it yeah. was, you know, none of the guys who worked at the sawmill wore herring. Yep. None of the guys who worked out in the woods, ran chainsaws, wore herring protection. Yep. It was just, you know, we're tough old boys. We we don't need that stuff. That's, That's right. for those guys, you know, those guys who work for 3M down there in the Twin Cities and yep. City Slickers, they come up with that shit is what yep. I'd say. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so here I am. I, I yep. grow up in that. When I get into my 20s, I'm having this ringing in my ears mm-hmm. from sawmills, from shooting. So since that time, anytime I've been at a range, I don't go there without hearing protection. That's I, good. I, yeah. If you come to the to the range in Bozeman, Montana, well, Manhattan, Montana, where I'm a member, and if you show up and you don't have muffs, come see me. I have a whole tote full of muffs. Yeah, that. because I will go there and I'll see some of these cultural, <laughs> generational, you know, Johnny badasses. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't wait hearing, and I right. see they've got their ten year old there, and yeah. I'm just like, I walk over and I don't. I'm not. I'm not so blunt as to go to the kid. I'll go to the parent and say, Hey, I've got some muffs that would fit him. You mind it or her? Yeah, right. You mind if I, I loan them? Yeah. And usually the parents are like, oh, yeah, oh sure, sure yeah. whatever. So right. I feel like I'm almost on this missionary effort. I like it. To not let young people be like Randy. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. The um, So some recent surveys have shown that 50% of people wear hearing protection on the range. And F- then, but that means 50% oh, don't. That's right. Yeah. So. What? Yeah. In today's world, with all that we know, 
50% of people don't wear hearing protection when they're out target shooting. Yep. And the thing, the thing that I really don't like is that those numbers seem to hold for youth. And it's just like you're saying, you know, if your dad's not wearing hearing protection, then you don't either kind of thing. Yeah. So. No, I, yeah. that's was how it was with mm-hmm. us. And, yep. uh, man, that's, we need to start a campaign. Yeah. Well, and really, like you're saying, with those active earmuffs, I mean, you can hear and communicate, and then it just cuts out the shot, and those have been shown to be effective, and so really, there's not a great reason not to wear hearing protection on the range, because that's available to you, and yeah, they're fairly inexpensive. So Yeah, I, I carry at least the little foam ones that you roll up and mm-hmm. they expand in here. Yeah. I have those in every glove box, every console of every vehicle. Uh, I I mean, for a whole jug of them, it costs, what, two ninety nine yeah, or something? Yeah, they're cheap. They're cheap. And they're, they don't solve everything, mm-hmm. but they're probably a whole lot better than nothing. Yep. Well, it's true. Um, Earplugs can be very effective. You have to use them correctly, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things that people get wrong quite a bit with earplugs. You know, really? I'll go down the, to the range, for example, and you'll see people have got earplugs in their ears. But, I mean, they are just barely hanging on. They just kind of just lightly push them in their ears. And yeah. that's really not providing any substantial protective effect, yeah. you know. So um, the best way to put in earplugs is the roll-pull-hold method. and Roll? roll pull hold. And so how you do it is you roll the earplug in your ear until it gets pretty small. Mm-hmm. And then you, if you're doing your right ear, for example, you'll reach around with your left hand, grab your ear, pull up and back because that straightens out your ear canal. Yeah. So you got to be a little agile, you know, get, okay. your, get your arm around yeah. and pull up on your, you know, right ear, for example, mm-hmm. with your left hand that straightens out your ear canal. So it's a little easier to put the earplug in. And then put the earplug in, and then and then hold it for you know twenty seconds and let it expand. Really? Yeah. Roll, roll, pull. Roll the earplug yep. in your fingers. Pull the top and back of your ear on the with your opposite arm. Yep. To straighten out your what do you call it ear canal? Yep. Straighten out your ear canal. That gives you a put straight shot there. to put the earplug in. Yep. And then hold it in place for twenty seconds to, yep. while it expands. That's right. That's how you properly right. put in earplugs. All right. Yeah. And and there are, you know, people have different size ear canals, mm-hmm. you know, and so they do make different sizes. And so sometimes, you know, people will come in and they'll say, well, I try to wear earplugs, but they just don't stay in my ears. It's like, well, you probably, did, how many did you try? Well, just one. Mm-hmm. You know, they make different sizes. So try some different sizes, use the roll, pull, hold method, and then, um, you know, see if you can get a good fit that way. Okay. So, yeah. So... Now you, I do that, and then I put my muffs on over the top. Yep. And my double hearing protection is, is that that's good. Is it worthwhile, or am yep. I just no? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's definitely been shown to provide provide an additional protective effect. So, plugs and muffs, I think, is a great idea, particularly if you're shooting a gun with a break. I mean, to be frank, I personally wouldn't shoot a gun with a break without plugs and muffs. It's just they're so just you so double up if you're loud. shooting a gun with a break. Oh yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. So studies have shown that you can actually, if you do that, you can cut up to 50 dB off that peak value. And so, you know, when you're talking 175 plus dB, you can get down to a really good safe level. So below the 140 yeah, threshold. Exactly. 
Oh, man, if I could roll back the hands of time, Weston. <laughs> yep. I'd be out there with my dad shooting my, the first big game rifle I ever got was a thirty out 6 Yep. I, boy, I really thought I was something. Uh-huh. I, uh, I, uh. That was the cat's meow back in the day, right? Oh, it well, was a Remington Woods Master 742, semi-automatic. Mm-hmm. Took like 38 pounds of trigger pull to get it to fire. <laughs> uh, and when it was cold, you, you, working the action, it, it had a dropout, a, a magazine, sure. or a, a clip. Yeah. Uh, it weighed more than, uh, I, I can't even remember how much it weighed, but. Uh, I really thought I had something there, mm-hmm. uh, but we'd go out to the gravel pit and shoot. Yep. And man, and then before waterfall season, we'd go out there and this is how stupid we were, you know, in this gravel pit. You'd, we didn't have a clay thrower. We didn't have, so you'd go to the local bar where they had all the empty beer bottles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something fun you, to shoot at. Yeah, you'd go out there and you'd throw them up. And if you didn't hit it, a lot of times it wouldn't break when it landed in the sand and gravel. Yeah. So you'd go pick it up. It is a recyclable. Exactly. So, and we'd shoot boxes of shells. Yeah. That. And yeah. You would think that a guy with a little bit of common sense that hopefully I had would have realized the consequences of that. But yeah. I didn't. Well, I think, I mean, that's the impetus of the podcast, right? Is that mm-hmm. if you can catch it early and where you're hearing protection diligently, I mean, you can prevent that. I mean, it's, yeah. it is preventable. And so, um, and in this instance, certainly an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So, and by the time people show up with hearing loss or hearing damage, it's the damage is done, you know, and well, not done, I suppose. I always tell my patients, if you've got if you've got hearing left, you've got hearing to protect. So, you know, people will say, my hearing's too far gone. You know, it's already bad, you know, all that. But no, if you've got hearing left, you've got hearing to protect. So even if your hearing's not great, um, still worthwhile to, to wear some hearing protection for sure. But So yeah. now this is where you get the chance yes. to lecture me Okay, that when I'm out hunting, yep. I'm just lazy, ignorant, bullheaded, stuck in my ways, and I don't wear hearing protection for that one shot I'm going to take at that antelope that's out mm-hmm. there. Right. Tell me how stupid I am. Well, it's just too loud. Your ears can't handle it. Yeah. And I hear a lot of times, you know, people will say, well, it's not that loud when you're out hunting. Or, I don't notice it. And it's, well, it's still the same sound. You just don't notice it because your, you know, adrenaline's pumping. Right. Same reason you don't notice the kick when you shoot, for example, right. you know. So it's still producing that sound. It's still too loud. It's still damaging your hearing. Um, so even if you're in the field out shooting, it's doing the same damage it would on the range. And so, um, and the reality is, is it's just, it is a hassle. I mean, and mm-hmm. a lot of hunting situations are developed quickly. And so... You know, you've got to have your hearing protection right there, ready to go, um, and be able to put it in, deploy it quickly, put it in quickly, and then take your shot. Um, Or in the instance of, like, upland game, um, you need to probably be wearing some hearing protection as you're going through the fields. And fortunately, we have active hearing protection, so you can still hear and, you know, Mm -hmm. communicate across your, you know, line if you're bird hunting or whatever, but then it can cut out the shots, so... Um, but the reality is, is it's, it is a pain. It's a little bit of a hassle, but I'm hoping 
that people will grab onto the idea that, you know, it's something that's worth it. Right. So, so you got the roll up kind of stick them in your ear. Yep. Roll, pull. And roll, pull, hold. Yep. Okay. You got that. Yeah. You've got a minute to put in earplugs before you, <laughs> yeah. before the elk moves off. You know, yeah. you need something maybe a little more muff. quick. Yep. Muffs. And then you've got the molded inside your there ear. There you go. Stuff. Yeah. Are those? Yep. I steer people towards those a lot. Um, they're going to run you 150, 200 bucks to get, um, but it is something that really provides a great protective effect and it's, they're fairly easy to put in and you just put them in and you're good to go. So, you know, in a hunting situation, I'm not going to take the time to pull out my foam earplugs and open them and roll, pull, hold and do all that. I mean, it's just not really feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, they do make some that are neck worn, so you can have them kind of around your neck and ready to deploy. So that helps. But um, the custom ones I really like for that reason. You can They usually come on a lanyard. You can hang them around your neck, and you can just pop them in really quick. No time for the foam to expand. So they're, once you get them in, they're protecting your ears. Pop them in two seconds, get on your gun, take your shot. So that okay. works really well, I think, for you know, people in like big game hunting situations. And so that's typically where I'll, I'll steer people if they're, you know, big game hunters. And okay. So, so you, you don't have like a 1-800 buy one and, you know, sign up today and we'll send you two for the, just the price of the extra shipping or something like that. <laughs> Cause I go to the trade shows. Yeah. Like I go to the shot show or yep. I go to one of the big trade shows and some of those companies are there yeah. and take an you impressions, sit down yeah. And, yeah, they take an impression just like you're in a dental chair or something yep. and then they, you know, do everything and then they send them to you. Yep. Yeah, there are companies out there that do that. Um, audiologists can do that for you. I mean, given our work in hearing aids, we work with custom molds all the time. And so um, you could find your local audiologist and have them take impressions for you and order plugs. And so, you know, mm-hmm. you can explore that option that way too. So you, so don't, the, have, you don't have to make a so trip to shot show to make it happen. The <laughs> next time I go to the Mayo Clinic for my, uh-huh. my liver updates, I can schedule an appointment with you. Yeah, call me up. I'll take impressions for you. Yeah. You will? Sure. Oh. <laughs> All right, folks. We're going to hold Weston to that. There so. you go. But then everyone will be showing up at the Mayo. Saying, that's, hey, uh, that's great. Okay. If we had people showing up and making appointments to get ear impressions, to get custom hearing protection done, I mean, that would be, that's fantastic. It's okay. a great thing. Okay. We're trying to run ourselves out of business. Oh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, given the bullheadedness of the average person, <laughs> I don't think we'll do all right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you have a very safe uh, future ahead of yeah. you as far as that goes. So once the damage is done, you've made a very compelling point about if you have any hearing left, you've got some worth protecting. Yep. The damage is done. You're doing everything you can to protect what you have left. Is there anything that you can really repair hearing loss? Um, Generally, no. Um, There's nothing you can do to fix or, you know, repair, restore normal hearing. Um, You can explore hearing aids to help you hear better. Obviously, that doesn't restore normal hearing. Um, but it can potentially help you hear better and, um, 
I always tell people it's an aid, you know, so it's going to help you. It doesn't fix it. It's not a cure, but it's something you can use to functionally do a little bit better. One of the things that's kind of important to note about like firearms and really high levels of sound like that is when it damages your hearing, a lot of times it damages it in a way that it really impacts your high pitch hearing. So you'll have like great hearing and the low pitches and mid pitches and sometimes kind of like you're saying about your hearing loss where it just goes like straight down to the bottom yeah those are hearing losses that are more challenging to fit with hearing aids because yeah. i mean you've got normal hearing at the pitches and then you've got no hearing at the other pitches and you know there's not a lot for me to amplify so yeah. sometimes we'll do um, something called frequency compression where we actually take the high pitches and slide them down into a range where you can hear them um, so basically just moving the high pitches to a lower pitch um, so you can get that cue but that's yeah. it is much more challenging to fit when people have hearing losses kind of like you're describing that are just we call them ski slope losses where it's just like straight off and straight down yeah so. well as quick as we were done with that exam this is i don't know 18 20 years ago dr mm -hmm. bonson said you're you shoot a lot of rifles don't you yeah <laughs> i'm like yeah how do you know like, i see a lot of people like you here right. in montana yeah um so it's yeah. Yeah. I just saw a guy not too long ago who from Bozeman actually, and he was telling me about how last fall he was chasing a mule deer. And I think he told me he was shooting a 300 wind mag with a break and wasn't wearing hearing protection. He said he took like four or five shots. And I mean, he has permanent hearing loss that will never go away because of that. So, yeah. so <clears throat> maybe this is something that you've not looked into because in some states it's not even legal, but I've been looking into putting a suppressor on my hunting rifles. Yeah. Do, does that bring the decibels down to tolerable? Yeah. No. Um, suppressors are, you know, an engineering control to limit the amount of sound. And so, yeah, they, they work, um, it, they work to varying degrees depending on, you know, primarily the length of the suppressor and, right. you know, how much it's containing that way. But, you know, anywhere from 15 to 30 decibels reduction. So that really takes the top off that way. Even though you would probably get below that 140 dB amount, I would still probably recommend hearing protection when you're on the range yeah. just because there's even though it's below that 140 if you're shooting a lot for example right. there's still a lot of energy in that yeah. and um the there is enough as much energy in 140 db impulse noise as there is in a full workday of 85 db 85 db for eight hours all that sound that's in that for the entire day all of that is in one 140 db that happens shot. in a nanosecond yeah three to five milliseconds but yeah it's <sighs> exactly and so even though you're getting down below that threshold so your ear can technically handle it it's within your ears limits there's still a lot of energy in that sound and so protecting your hearing from that energy is smart um but if you're thinking for hunting applications, I'm going to take one or two shots. I think that's pretty reasonable to say I'm going to get a suppressor on my gun when I'm at the range. I'll wear hearing protection. And because I've got a suppressor, I really probably only need my active ear muffs. I don't probably need to double up. Um, so that's a little bit better, a little bit more comfortable. And if you're in the field, I think it's reasonable. If you're getting down below that 140 dB peak with your suppressor, I think that's fine. Okay. 
because Marcus here in our office, he just went and ordered one. I think the company here in Bozeman he went to was called Montana Tactical. I okay. don't even know him. Uh, yeah. But this was a few weeks ago. Marcus is like, hey, Mr. Can't hear anything. You got to go out and <laughs> get a suppressor. Where, where he went and got it. And you get a stamp and you order it. And there's like a yep. 12 to 18 month wait. But yep. I, the longer I wait, the longer it'll be till I get it. So I, yep. that's another thought that's entered my it, head. And I know some states are, it's just in the last few years that a lot of states have started allowing hunting with suppressors. Yep. And I think that's a fantastic option. And then to be frank for myself, looking at my next gun build, it's going to be focused around that. I yeah. mean, I'm going to definitely run it full-time suppressed um, for that very reason, just because it's, you know, it's uh, better for your hearing. And one other thing to think about too, is that it cuts down the amount of sound. So you might be, you might not be so jumpy on the trigger, you know, mm. so it's a little easier to manage that way too. So yeah, you might shoot your gun better with a suppressor. I'm so scared of the bang. <laughs> uh, so all these things that go into the, the hunting side of this is uh, th there is no shortcut. It really is there. It's, it's just be smart, be aware, mm -hmm. take the time. Yep. To well, you can set yourself up for success, you know, and pursuing the you know, custom devices, if you feel like that's the best option for you or get something that you can wear around your neck, that's just readily deployable. I was in Wyoming hunting elk last year with my, with my friend and we ran into a guy on the mountain. He had his hearing protection hanging around his neck and I it made me happy. I was like, good for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see guys like me on video, like right, yeah. you're teaching all Jeez, these young people. Please. Yeah. Yes. I know. I just shake my head. Yeah. <laughs> What a stupid square hat he had, Newberg Chase. I, I trust me, Weston. I no one's ever accused me of being the smartest person that ever slid out the door. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll uh, try and arm you with a little more information with this. Yeah, what, what twist else your arm you, into it. What else? What? What? So I'm your patient. I come to your office and mm -hmm. I tell you what I do, how I do it. And I give you the old voice. Ah, oh, wow, my hearing's already shot. Well, no. What, what, what's without having done an exam and everything, what are the right. recommendations you're going to give me to protect what I have? I mean, you hit it right on the head. You just got to protect what you have. I mean, it goes back to that saying, if you got hearing left, you got hearing to protect and guns are just simply too loud for your ears to handle. So every time you shoot a gun, every time you shoot an unsuppressed gun, you should be wearing hearing protection. Every time you shoot a gun with a break, you should be doubling up on your hearing protection. I mean, that is, that's kind of the gold standard for, for protecting your hearing and mitigating any future loss. So, Okay. In my daily life, mm -hmm. I'm reviewing videos. I'm doing whatever, and I've got headphones on mm -hmm. all the time. Yep. Listening to music, listening to other stuff, can that cause hearing damage? Uh, it can, but it depends on how, how loud you turn it up, really. Okay. I think there's a little bit of a misnomer out there that just, you know, headphones or earbuds are just inherently bad for your hearing. That's n not necessarily true. It really just depends on how loud you've got it cranked up. It is true. I mean, you can turn up your headphones to be like 100, 105 dB. I mean, pretty darn loud. And so um, 
actually like your Apple phones these days will tell you, you know, what your daily dose is. If you click on the health app and then I think click show all data, uh-huh. it'll tell you, you know, what levels you've been listening at on your phone. And so it kind of give you some feedback that way. But in general, I, th- I tell people, you know, if you keep your, keep your volume slider at like two thirds, three quarters, maybe a little less, I think you're doing about right. So, okay. And if you want to, you know, you're at the gym and you want to do like a a set and get yourself pumped up, you want to crank it up, sure, do that for a second and then just turn it back down after you're done or whatever, so. Yeah, yeah. okay. So I go to my uncle's house and he's got the TV cranked. Uh I mean, when you pull up in the driveway, you can hear the TV inside. Mm -hmm. Is that ever getting up to high enough decibels that it's causing problems i suppose you could i think people probably don't generally listen to their tv too loud if they've got you know normal yeah. hearing or normal-ish hearing but yeah. yeah that's one thing that people say a lot they'll come in and be like i've noticed my volume i'm you know increasing my volume of it used to be at 30 and now it's at 50 and so i know something's going on you check my hearing so yeah, yeah. But one good way to know the kind of rule of thumb is if you're about an arm's length away from someone and you're really having to raise your voice to talk to them, it's maybe too loud. Um, You can make a little bit more precise measurement with your cell phone. So they've got some pretty good apps these days where you can measure the, um, the level of sound. That works for like continuous noise, like you're describing, like how loud is my TV? You can tell that it does not work for guns. So don't. Okay. Don't try and measure your how loud your gun is with your cell phone app. It just isn't going to work. But if you want to get a better idea, you could do that. Um, the cell level meter app I use is the NIOSH, N-I-O-S-H app. Um, and so that gives you a pretty good readout, and it'll give you, like, your daily dose of sound and things like that. So it's pretty mm-hmm. informative. Because when I listen to all of our content, anyone who's wondering, I turn the volume down as low as possible. I can possibly hear it in headphones mm-hmm. and because I'm trying to say, okay, this is how loud it probably, or how little volume there seems to be to the 56 year old dude who's been shooting all of his life and he's <laughs> watching our content. That's where I use the threshold of, I tell the editors better put some subtitles in here Yeah, because Guys like me, sitting on the couch watching on their smart TV from 10 feet away, they aren't hearing this. Right. And the editor's like, well, I can hear it fine. Well, yeah. One, right. you're young, you got good hearing, and you're listening to it on <laughs> headphones. Right. That You're doing about a 150 degree opposite yep. of what some of our audience is going to do. So <laughs> that's true. Subtitles. Subtitles uh, are great. I think I'm, when I'm watching like your program, it's, I always enjoy having the subtitles because I find myself sometimes, you know, chasing the volume a little mm-hmm. bit like, oh, what did he say when he was whispering or whatever? But right. subtitles are fantastic for that. Yeah. Especially when we're going in on a stock and we're whispering. Right. I tell, I just tell the editors if you don't put subtitles on this don't even give it to me to review (laughs) or if they email me and say hey here's where it is go review it my first question is is it subtitled Mm -hmm. and if it's not send me a different email later on yeah so some i'm a big fan of subtitles for that reason yeah that's great that's good to know helps people with hearing loss you know yeah so well it's good to know because i know my editors get tired of it and uh then uh, if their spelling isn't good, 
<laughs> you know, the, there's another opportunity to make a mistake with something. So uh -huh. my wife is like the most punctually correct, uh, grammatically correct person I know. Uh -huh. So, honey, can you look at this? That's just, right. Just, you don't even, just watch any place there's a subtitle. Uh, so, she inherited a job. Yeah. Yeah. She, <laughs> she's the best unpaid full-time employee I could ever ask for. <laughs> uh, but You better take her walleye fishing. I, I need to do that. Uh, after this podcast, we're heading up to Northeast Montana uh, for the weekend. So, um, yeah, I better do that, which gets me to another thing. So back in the day when I had a boat that had a tiller motor on it, mm -hmm. now I have my wife. These are my wife's boats, so I can't really say my boat. Now I have a console, steering wheel, the motor is... Eight, 10 feet behind me. Yep. Used to be, I'm sitting right there. Yep. And I would run it with my left hand, the tiller, you know, the throttles right there and the handle. And I, I must really hate my left ear because mm -hmm. everything I do exposes left my left side. ear to all these noises. Yep. A boat motor, you're running across the lake like that? Is that reaching that high decibel level? That it probably, I mean, potentially, yeah. I, it'd probably depend on how long, no. yeah. you know. Yeah. A four-stroke, no. A two-stroke, maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's fair to say. I mean, and that's where that kind of, you know, arm's length, raising your voice, rule of thumb can come in, um, or just take a measurement on your smartphone if you're really concerned about it, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But what? if it's pretty brief, some you can get away with some of that if the duration is, you know, shorter. But yeah. if you want to be real accurate about it, Take a measurement with your phone. That's one of the things that's nice about the smartphones these days is people always used to ask us, you know, how loud's too loud? And when do I need to start wearing hearing protection? And we'd always tell people, oh, kind of this or that. And it wasn't very accurate, but now you can just measure it. Yeah. So Well, there's a lot of reasons why I don't own a lawnmower. On this podcast, we <laughs> went through the... Uh, are you married, Weston? I'm not. Not? Okay. Well... Don't ever, if you, before you get married, don't ever let anyone think you're handy. Yeah. Okay. That's trouble. Yeah. You, it's going to cost you a lot of hunting and fishing time. So I don't own a lawnmower. My brother, love him to death, has this logging business. He, he, he my dad, uh, he, dad told me, he's like, Randy, you're the oldest. You're the worst logger I've ever seen. I don't have money to pay for your college, but I strongly suggest you figure it out. Because you, you, logging is not your future. Not for you. My brother was on the other end of the spectrum. He was just, he loved it. He, he jumped right into it, and he's still a logger. Mm -hmm. Well, the knothead sends a chainsaw out with my mom. Like, when you go out to see Randy, bring this to him. So she's like, Jason gave me this thing. Uh, she pops the trunk. I'm like... I call him. I'm like, why the hell are you sending me? Is this like a joke or something? He's like, well, no, the last time I was with you and you had that handsaw and we had to cut wood for firewood. <laughs> it was annoying. You got this little six inch saw. I'm like, I ain't even putting any gas or oil in it. Yep. So I, uh, I don't own any of those noisy mm -hmm. contraptions that yep. one, they're going to mess up my hearing even worse mm -hmm. than it already is. But mostly it's going to cost me an awful lot of hunting and fishing if I decide I'm going to take up firewood cutting or lawn yep. mowing or all that other stupid stuff where guys like to impress how handy they are. Yeah. So 
Any of those kind of things, like lawnmowers, weed whackers, any other stuff that we're using in our daily life that are yeah. loud enough to create problems? It seems like those weed whackers are those. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're real noisy. Yeah, yeah, and chainsaws are pretty bad, too. Um, yes, basically anything with an engine on it that you're running around your household, I'd consider wearing hearing protection. Every time I go out and mow my lawn, I got, got my earplugs in, and so... Yeah. Um, it's it's worthwhile to do, I think. So yeah, well, and if if you got you know one of those really quiet, you know, lawn mowers, electric or something like that, yeah. you know, just make a measurement and see where it's at. But yeah, if you're running something like that, household equipment's worthwhile to um, consider wearing hearing protection for. And if you feel like ah, I think this is actually probably okay, just make a measurement, see where you're at, and reassure yourself. So. Yeah. Well, or just take the Randy method and mm -hmm. just don't. Just do it all the just, time. Just, oh. <laughs> pay, pay the man. Yeah. You know, pay the guy like, to do it. Hey, yeah. I know my lawn's getting mowed every Monday afternoon and I'm fishing. Yeah. Or I'm working or I'm whatever. I thought the Randy method was just wear hearing protection every time. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, it will be going forward, Weston. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're going to have a convert here. You already started on that when I read your article last summer and we started emailing back and forth. Mm -hmm. But yeah, going forward, I don't want to just be a disciple, a follower, a, a good patient. I, I want to present that in the videos that we do. Hmm. So yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for this this rifle season that shows the world that, hey... I may not have a lot of it left, but I'm interested in protecting what I have. Because if you, right now in my life, if you told me, Randy, we could set your hearing back to what it was when you were seven years old, mm -hmm. I'd pay a lot of money for that. Right. Because it, it's a serious frustration in yeah. my life. It, as I get older and I look at in my family, my mom having her hearing loss and she's never been exposed to these kind of things so mm -hmm. it, in my family there's definitely an age thing yeah where it starts coming into play yeah uh all of her brothers same thing yeah they were exposed but you add all the other age and other stuff yeah i'm looking down the trail here saying all right but if i live to be 70 I'm probably going to be one of those guys who walks around with an eraser board and writes everything on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that'll be frustrating as hell. Right. I'm already frustrated. Yep. So. I, yeah. I mean, do, doing your best and doing your due diligence to per, protect what you've got. And so, yeah. and then whatever you get, honestly, you know, from, from your familial, familial hearing loss, it sounds like, then you yeah. deal with accordingly, but... Yeah. Doing your part, controlling what you can control. So. Yeah. Well, so I know what some people say. Well, that's why you should be an archery hunter. Yeah. You know, there's something to be said for that. That's true. Archers yeah. must have better hearing. Yeah, uh, maybe. I just, people have seen it. There's an episode we did in Arizona uh, called uh, Uncommon Ground. as a film we did. It's out on our channels. And... Marcus is one of the camera guys, and we hired Ty Stubblefield, Ty Three Arrow. Most of our audience knows who Ty is. Uh, hired him as the second camera guy, and they started messing with me out there. <laughs> they were hearing these noises, and I couldn't hear them. Uh -huh. And 
they they call it cross shooting where you you're filming the other person yeah uh and then they have a camera on me and i'm just looking to my right when ty says something then i look to my left when marcus says something and we're going back and forth and they said they heard an elk bugle mm -hmm. said, sounded like a bear to me whatever that noise was <laughs> and they're like well what was it and then marcus is like well maybe we're just screwing with randy <laughs> and they erupt in laughter. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm a good sport. I, I find that kind of funny. Yeah. But when we're out there in the throw of it, and archery elk is one of the greatest experiences anybody can have. But if you can only hear that frequency out of one ear, mm -hmm. you walk around the woods thinking everything is to your right. Yeah. And if it wasn't for camera guys pointing me in the right direction who can actually hear young yeah. young fellers who have protected their hearing i'd be chasing elk in this counterclockwise method across the landscape yeah i'd be doing these counterclockwise loops because everything seems like it's to yeah. my right the bull's just always yeah. running to your right side what's yeah. up with that is that <laughs> is that is it that directional yeah I mean, so, as we hear i mean yeah when we think about hearing direction or mm -hmm. where we think a sound came from yep are we able to really focus in on that? Is, is our brain trained to, yeah. to know um, direction real well? Yep. And so that's one of the things with hearing loss. Um, you can lose some of your sense of direction. And particularly if you have a little bit of asymmetric hearing loss where one ear is worse than the other, um, that can be really hard to localize sound. So basically your brain compares the sound from your two ears and you know, makes a determination of where the sound is at. And if, you know, and you're not getting good sound from one ear and, and are getting good sound from another, then you're going to be wandering in circles, uh, counterclockwise circles, like you're saying. <laughs> so I'm, this isn't... Uh, oh, you're not making that up. That's okay. a very real thing. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Okay. So That's pretty impressive that our brain is smart enough to hear mm -hmm. or, or measure, I guess, which side yep. has, is it by volume? Is it by whatever? And it says, yep. oh, the volume was louder coming in my left ear. Mm -hmm. So I think that sound was to yeah. my left. There's both level and time differences that your brain uses to figure out where sound is coming from. So yeah, it, it definitely requires two ears, uh, localizing sounds, a two ear task. And I tell people it's kind of like depth perception. You know, if you cover one eye up, you lose your depth perception. Same idea with your hearing. If you don't have good hearing in one ear, you're not going to be able to localize sound well. So i'm raising my hand guilty as charged guilty. <laughs> are there are there any animals out there that uh, i mean we always say oh i wish i could see like an antelope or mm -hmm. have eyes like a hawk yeah are in the wild spaces and the wild things we chase around to try to convert to dinner how good is their hearing relative to an unimpaired adult human yeah that is a fantastic question, and animal hearing is not something I know a lot about. Oh, so okay. <laughs> I'm sorry I, to disappoint I you, you with that. Tell but... me, oh, you know this is. I mean, you can see it when you're out there stalking an animal, yeah. and you watch how acute their hearing is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their ears are just turning. Their head right. isn't even turning. They just turn their ears like mm -hmm. little antennas or yeah, something. Yeah, and what they're doing is localizing sound with that. Is that yeah. what they're doing? Yeah. Okay, they're so. trying to. Listen, listen in 360 and tell where sound was coming from. Absolutely. So, huh. Well, here, here's another thing, and this is, this has nothing to do with hearing loss, but 
we use these mics that are mm-hmm. very, they're either really focused yep. in where, like, if you're pointing at the sound, it sounds super, super loud. But if it was off to the side, yep. the mic wouldn't hardly pick it up at yeah, all. Yeah, directional microphones, right? Yeah. Yep. So a lot of our mics are designed to, well, we have, like, the on-camera mics, and the lav mics are more what they call that omnidirectional, where it'll mm-hmm. pick up things from That's multiple right. directions. And then our shotgun mics are very super Focused. directional. Yeah. So if they're filming my footsteps when I'm going in on a stock, mm-hmm. it sounds like I am intentionally kicking up <laughs> the dirt and making all kinds of noise. And I'm always telling the editors, you yeah. know, this is amplifying that sound. That's people, right. People are going to say, how does Newberg kill anything if he right. makes that much noise? Yeah, he just goes stomping through the woods and the animal doesn't hear him. What's up with that? Yeah. So <laughs> if you're listening to our stuff or watching our stuff and there's some clips where it sounds like we're making tons of noise, it's because the mics we use amplify all this. Uh, and either I didn't catch it or the editor didn't catch it. And so it gets published, making mm-hmm. it sound like here comes a parade of elephants, <laughs> even though we're trying to be as stealthy as possible. Right. But the other reason we amp that up is when we are going in on a stock, we're whispering. Mm-hmm. And we want to be able to grab as much of that in the moment audio as possible. Right. So we hit the the levels on the on the mics as high as we can without yeah. blowing them out. Yeah. But and it picks up all that other sound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, rubbing of something. Not like, yeah, in your shirt or yeah, something. Yeah. Or my bino harness or whatever. Yeah. And if we don't catch that in the in the edit. People are like, you are the noisiest hunters I've ever heard. It's like... Funny story about that. My my dad wears hearing aids. I don't think he'd mind me sharing this, but he said... When I first got hearing aids, he said, oh, man, I wore them out in the field. He, he said, I realized how much noise I was making. I was just <laughs> making a ton of noise that he didn't realize he was doing because he couldn't hear it, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> so maybe before I go on my spot and stock archery Nevada mule deer hunt, yeah. I should be aware of that. Something to think I, I about. Try to be as quiet as I possibly can. Yeah. And I usually blame it on the camera guy. Yeah, that's always a good scapegoat. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the other part is they're they have headphones on. They're managing audio, so they're not hearing, am, you know, the true ambient noises right. that are out there. They're having to focus the camera on a subject, so they're kind of doing this without looking where their feet are going. Mm-hmm. I've tried to do their job before. I don't want their job, but I don't ever tell them that. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's a really, really tough job right. for them to do all this. And then you put headphones on. And <laughs> the other part is our lav mics. We have these Sennheiser lav mics. They got a pretty good range of distance mm-hmm. and I'll forget that they have their headphones on and I'll mumble something about them under my breath oh, right. and they'll be like what was that Randy? I heard that I'm like, <laughs> oh dang it <laughs> you get yourself in trouble oh yeah so then I wonder why they uh, play some sort of trick on me the next time we get back to camp yeah they're just getting even yeah yeah well Weston this is super helpful I, I hope that people listening can appreciate where I'm at in my life, the things that I've done that were really stupid that now I'm paying for. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's frustrating for my wife and I to be 
having a conversation or trying <laughs> trying <laughs> she's to, having yeah. a conversation i'm <laughs> i'm watching the football game or something uh but you get tired of having to say what was that mm-hmm. can you can you say that again huh what yep. and then also in your when you're in a really loud environment with a lot of background noise you're doing a whole lot of uh-huh yeah yep. uh-huh smile and, and nod yeah yeah Yep. You're, you're taking the their facial expressions as kind of your cue for more of what they're saying. Right. And then afterwards, we'll get in the car driving home, and I'll tell my wife, I'm like, can you believe that he said that? And she's like, what do you mean? Well, I thought he said something different than what was really said. Yep. And it's like. Oh, you're filling in the gaps, but you're filling in the gaps wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like Archie Bunker. You know, he used to always <laughs> say the wrong thing, and nobody yeah. knew what he meant, but he knew what he meant. Uh, <laughs> so, I I hope people understand the value of their hearing. Yeah, it's it's not correctable. It's not like you can go to the the optometrist and get a pair of glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's, very true. I mean. Yeah. I tell people that and I use that analogy with people is like, you know, you can go, if you've got vision loss, a lot of times you can go get glasses and just see perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. If you've got hearing loss and I've got to fit you with hearing aids or cochlear implants, yeah, it might help you hear better, but it's not fixing it completely. So yeah, yeah. if you can save it and protect it, I would take every measure to do it. So yeah. But before we leave that, you mm-hmm. just said kind of like this progression. When does it go from, okay, you're a candidate for a hearing aid versus you're a candidate for a cochlear implant. Yeah. Um, One of the main things that we look at is people's ability to understand speech with their hearing aids on. Um, And so when we do a cochlear implant evaluation, for example, like I'll measure a person's hearing loss. I'll make sure their hearing aids are fit exactly as, as good as they can be. Then I'll put them in a soundproof room and, have them repeat words and sentences and sentences and noise. And basically, if they're uh, not able to repeat a certain percentage of sounds then or, or words, then we would consider a cochlear implant. So it has to do with not only the amount of hearing loss you have, you know, if it's generally people aren't going to get a hearing uh, cochlear implant if they've got like mild to moderate hearing loss. But generally, if people are moving to like severe to profound hearing loss, and they've got poor word recognition, mm-hmm. that's when we start thinking about cochlear implants. So okay. I always talk about hearing loss having two parts. There's the loss of volume, and there's the loss of clarity. And they do go hand in hand. You know, you lose more volume, you lose more clarity, um, but sometimes they're separate. But okay. yeah, when people got significant hearing loss and they can't repeat words back, so they've got that loss of clarity, that's when we start evaluating for cochlear implants and thinking about that. So. I'm going to send my mom to see you. There you go. In the last four or five years, she's just really, it's been, and it's so frustrating for her. She doesn't go out as much as she used to. Her social life has become less of what it used to be. Um, And she she makes fun of her loss of hearing, which Mm -hmm. is kind of her way of telling the world that I might not be able to hear everything you say. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's frustrating for her. Yeah. And, uh, so everything else about her is great health, vibrant, active, just, you know, take on the world, mm-hmm. except that part. That hearing, yeah. So, and that's a big part. I mean, people really withdraw from their social circles and quit doing the things that, you know, they like to do and quit engaging. And so when people get to that point, it's it's time to start thinking about um, 
the next the next thing. Yeah. So. Well, that's a little sidebar. We should have we could have talked about that after the fact, but anyone <laughs> listening might be going through some of these same yeah progressions or evaluations or might know yeah. somebody in their life who has just resolved that you know what this is how it's going to be is, yeah exactly and maybe there is a possibility out there I'm yeah sure there's it's much more complicated than going getting tested and fitted for hearing aids but yeah there's a little bit more to it i mean it's a surgical device and so there's a surgery involved um but it's generally a pretty low risk surgery and outpatient so people come in leave the same day and so yeah ever since i wrote my article i've had a number two three people reach out basically saying i've got hearing aids they don't do anything for me like what do i need to you know what's the next step and so i kind of steer them towards a cochlear implant audiologist who can at least make that assessment and determine if that would be something that would be beneficial to her for them. So, so are you prepared for being inundated with emails and messages <laughs> after we're, this podcast? We're ready for it. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Can they contact so, you? Do sure. you mind? Yeah, that's totally fine. And then look you up at the Mayo Clinic? Um, or would you have them get a hold of you somewhere else? Yeah, I'd probably have them get a hold of me somewhere else. I've got my, you know, rock slide. People have been reaching out to me um, on that. Um, and people could, I think that'd probably be a, the best place to filter it through. So, okay. Weston yeah. Adkins. Yep, that's I. That's my username, Weston Adkins. All I right. didn't come up with a good, you know, pseudonym or something. Yeah, like, you didn't have the big fin like I use on, <laughs> on some of them. Yeah, that's right. Elk Killer yeah, 2006 whatever. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, you asked me how I, how I got the online handle, big fin. Yeah. I, a lot of people over the course of podcast people know of my grandparents leaving finland my great-grandparents leaving mm -hmm. finland and ending up in northern minnesota and my mom's side of the family are norwegians some swede and a little bit of german well the norwegians and swedes think of Finns as fourth class citizens so mm -hmm. they heckled me to no <laughs> end about on my dad's side the fact that he was i don't know my dad was three-quarter finn and quarter swede uh so my mom's brothers all called me the big fin mm -hmm. so that's if that's you how go, you got it if you go out on our hunt talk forum and you look for a guy big fin that was yeah that was the name i used when i joined hunt talk 20 years ago yep. so yeah and actually speaking of that um i suppose i should sign up for hunt talk huh you know well, I'll, it, I'll do that and it'll be to. weston adkins as long as that's not used and so if you want to send me a message on there too i'll, yeah. I'll make that uh that account today <laughs> okay well if you want to or you can go out my buddy ryan who owns rock slide uh either one yeah uh, but uh i just i'm on this mission the last few years of thinking about how do we use our platforms mm -hmm. to in in the hunting space, I try to give as much information balance, you know, how much is too much information, but give information to people so they don't have to make all the stupid mistakes I've made in sure. hunting. Right. I mean, my elk hunting career, if you want to call it a career, has been filled with doing some of the dumbest things to the point now where I laugh at some of the experiments I tried, <laughs> some, of, some of the things I thought would work, or how... Some of the opportunities were like gifts handed to me and I messed it up. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of what I do with our content, you know, 25% is inspirational or entertainment, 25% is information, 25% is education, 25% is advocacy. 
I try to make it so that people don't have to repeat all the dumb mistakes I made. Mm -hmm. Well, if I take this to other parts of, of how we engage with our audience, I'm hoping that things like this, the stupid things I did just out of ignorance. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can call it ignorant, call it stupid, whatever, just not knowing. And by the time I came to some of the realizations, it's too late. Yeah. The the damage has been done. Yeah. And so hopefully this podcast helps some people not be like Randy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to throw you under the bus like that in my article. I feel Uh, bad about that. But (laughs) Weston, it is such a blessing that it popped up. Mm -hmm. You know, I I was just scrolling the threads over there on Rockslide and saw it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to read this. I can't remember what you titled the article, but it, oh, it was about your article. It, it was a thread about your article yeah. where I saw yeah. And I start reading it and I'm like, oh, I think he's talking about that. That Randy Newberg? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, when I'm, I, I'm glad you did. When I saw you send me the email, I was a little nervous. I was like, is he going to be mad? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. We uh, Just because I've had a life of, of doing things that weren't good for my hearing doesn't mean that everybody else should. Yeah. And, and my crew here, I am on them all the time. They're mm-hmm. all in their 20s and 30s and... I am just, uh, I'm like borderline militant yeah. <laughs> about them protecting their hearing. Yeah, and, it's worthwhile. Uh, like you said, I mean, once it's gone, it's gone. And so yeah. if you can protect it and save it, it's worthwhile to do. Yeah. Well, so. you got any, you going anywhere hunting this year? You said you hunted last year in Wyoming. You got anywhere you're going this year? Yeah, hoping to do um, some over-the-counter elk and Colorado. Colorado. Uh, one of my my main hunting partner, his dad pulled a pulled a tag in Colorado for mule deer, and it just happens to be over the counter archery. So we're gonna go out there and try our hand at that and cool. learn the train, do a little scouting. So yeah. Well, they don't have elk in Rochester, Minnesota. They do not. No, they do have elk in Minnesota. Though. I know. And did you see the Fond du Lac tribe up um, around Duluth? Coquet is working to introduce. Ooh, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, because I can assure you those elk don't know exactly where the boundaries are of, uh, the, of, that's right. of the tribal land. Yep. So, Good luck getting a tag. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the herd up, up there by Grigla in Minnesota, up there, Fort Town, Grigla, all that country? The, they give away like five tags or something. Yeah, it's pretty something. minimal. It's, yeah. Yeah, even, yeah. Your odds are yeah. negligible. Yeah, so. so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you throw your name in the hat, anyways. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like buying lottery tickets. Uh, yep. You know, I guess or whatever your people spend their money on. For me, it's uh, coffee. You know, I, yep. I got a coffee problem. Yeah, um, I saw that this morning. Did you? Oh yeah. yeah, you see all that over there. No, I was that? saying at the restaurant. You oh, drink, like, look at all that. Cups? You can take some of that with you. Oh, the Elkhorn Coffee Roaster Group here yeah. in Bozeman. Uh, uh, April and Scott. This big, big Hank blend is mm-hmm. specifically for us. I've had it before. My oh, dad got you? and my dad got it for me for Christmas. Oh, yeah. cool! Yeah. Well, uh, for being here, we got an extra bag of it right there. If you want to grab some singles, but yeah, I might steal one. T- time for a shameless plug for them. Go to yeah. elkhorncoffeeroasters.com. and if you do an order, I think over thirty bucks, and use promo code Randy, they give you some sort of great discount yeah it's so, good coffee too so oh yeah i'm i need to quit drinking so much of it but, <laughs> because it makes my ears ring more 
Yeah. Well, maybe just do a couple of cups a day. <laughs> <laughs> Not the four or five I saw you put down this morning. <laughs> oh, I know. You were probably thinking, boy, if he's got tonight. He's going to be jittery. Yeah. He's, he's going to be twitching over there. But. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Weston. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. This is invaluable. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. And, uh, you know, I'll be back at the Mayo again for my annual checkups. And, yeah. And uh, we'll shoot some impressions. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, just reach out to me on Rockslide, Weston Adkins. I'll make a hunt talk, Weston Adkins. And my email is Weston Adkins, W-E-S-T-O-N-A-D-K-I-N-S at hotmail.com because I'm a child of the 90s. So So feel free to reach out to me. um, Hotmail.com. Hotmail.com. Really? Well, my wife's got an AOL address. Mm -hmm. I'm like, honey. That tells the whole world right now yeah. that you are older than Methuselah's grandmother. Right. I mean, you you probably still are running a Gateway 2000 if you have an AOL.com <laughs> email address. That's right. Same thing with me and Hotmail. You know, just, yeah. just one step after that. So. Yeah. Well, we built our own domains. So I'm just Randy or whatever. Just Randy. Randy at this, Randy at that. Yeah. And now I have them all funnel into one that my wife manages. So if you send me an email, don't send me any corny jokes or something because my wife reads them. Yeah. And that might go in the delete file, huh? It's definitely yeah. going to go in yeah. the delete file. <laughs> and then the other thing, and this has nothing to do with hearing, I am so far behind on my emails. And I always told my wife that, no matter what happens with these platforms, I'm going to take the time to answer every email that comes in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like 5,000 behind at this point. And, but I block out two hours every day to do emails and to do messages on, you know, YouTube or wherever. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's listening, who I haven't got to your email, I am, it's a group apology here. I just, <laughs> I feel bad. I, I never wanted to be that person who didn't have the time to. Yeah. But in yeah, two, you can only do so much, right? right? In two hours, I can only get so many of them done. So if yeah. you've sent me an email, send me another one and hopefully it'll <laughs> get to the top of the pile. I, I don't know. I, but it's not an AOL address for me. Yeah. But it is, it is for my <laughs> You're wife. You're more with the times than I am, it sounds like. Only because I have a crew that's with the times. Yeah. I still have a droid phone. Oh, okay. Do you have an iPhone or a droid? I have an iPhone, yeah. yeah it's see, old, but yeah. Yeah, see, I'm the only one of the 12 people here who has a droid. Yeah. And they are so fed up with me because uh-huh. I guess you can do this uh, airdrop? Yep. Is that what it's called? Yep. So they're here airdropping files to each other all the time. That is pretty handy. And I'm like, what, what, what are you doing there? I, I have no idea. Yeah. You're like, so, email me an attachment. They're like, what? That's right. Yeah. You send me a Dropbox link. Yeah. I just roll their eyes like, <laughs> my gosh, this guy. Yeah. But, so, well, Weston, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Hope Absolutely. you have a great season ahead. Hope you enjoy your day or two here in Montana. Thank you. And uh, It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. Take care of your hearing, whether you got a lot left or, like me, only some of it left. Please take care of it and uh, do the things that Weston mentioned here. He didn't come and do this podcast just because he had nothing else to do. He's a uh, an advocate for 
good hearing and he's convinced me now I'm I'm a follower I'm a disciple of the Weston Adkins program <laughs> it's not even a 12 step program no it's it's kind of one step it's just wear yeah. hearing protection that's the, <laughs> that's the step so now now you made it so simple that I have no excuse. You got to put a fine point on it, right? You know, it's like you can talk about DB this and this is loud and this is 16 times this or that, but it kind of comes down to just wear some hearing protection. Yeah. Yep. And do it right. Roll, pull, hold. Roll, pull, hold. Yeah, that's right. All right. I'll, I'll work on that. But <laughs> so there you go, folks. It's that simple. It's not a 12 step program. It's not five points. It's, it's one point. Wear hearing protection. And thanks for listening. When the sun came shining and I was strolling And the wheat fields waving and the dust clouds rolling As the fog was lifting, a voice was chanting This land was made for you and me For you.